You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 252 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and um, and I think you're doing well. And I hope that most of our listeners are, are doing well. Uh, some rough weather uh, the last couple of days in the Toronto or in the uh, Montreal, Ottawa area. Um, and so um, our thoughts are out to um, you know f- listeners and, and we, we have family in, in the area. We have some staff in the area. Uh, so uh, our, if, if you've been affected, our thoughts are out with you and, and hopefully t- today's podcast can be a brief distraction for uh for what uh what has happened this past week definitely uh looking at some of the pictures in ottawa it didn't look uh, too good it looked like a lot of property damage and uh being in montreal and having the storm roll through uh, it seemed pretty scary uh, luckily on my side everything seems to be good all the family's doing well uh my apartment's all safe too so uh, just out to all the listeners that were affected uh, we're thinking of you and uh, hopefully like you said rick this podcast helps uh, be a little bit of a distraction and today we do have a pretty awesome episode uh, here in segment one we're going to get you up to date on everything montreal canadians and then in segment two uh, it's going to be all about all about development in laval and in segment three it's the have your say segment our canadians connection question of the week is uh, are you willing to support the Rocket if they win or lose as long as the, as they are playing prospects? We want to hear from you. And Rick, what's the best way for people to reach out and let us know? Well, there's lots of ways to to reach out to us. And uh, and yes, today we're going to be talking about this flood of prospects that um, is going to be heading to, to Laval. Um, part of the rebuild, a very important part. And and. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts about it, and you can reach out to us on our Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET. Easy to remember, 5853-ROCKET. Uh, so send us a text 24 hours a day. If you've got a little more to say, you can send us an email. Uh, that a- email address is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Also, you can reach out to us on our social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. So we have a couple fascinating stories from this past week. To start, uh, Michael Pizzetta purchased a brand new car. It looks like an expensive one with a big engine, uh, an Acura Type S. I'm not a car expert, but it looks pretty cool, kind of like a race car now. Uh, it does. It looks great. And I and, uh, see him driving it out of the showroom. He, he looks pretty proud. And uh, also, Brendan Gallagher, a uh, big congrats to him as he got engaged last Sunday. So if you want to hear more about this, uh, head over to uh, THN.com slash Montreal, and you can check out all the Habs headline posts where you can find more information. Uh, the fitness trainers are using science to transform Uri Slavkovsky's body this offseason. And it seems like his body is very different. He somehow got taller and it looks like he may have lost a little bit of weight as well, right? Yeah. And uh, what's most interesting, and, and I, I, guess, I guess I should say what's most interesting are the pictures. Um, you see all kinds of pictures of Yuri Slavkovsky over uh, in Slovakia, Slovakia working with his trainer, working with a, a, a fitness scientist um, to, to transform himself. He's, he's pictured on ice uh, in Canadians' um, uh, practice gear, uh, but with a, a mask on. And, and the mask even is blue and red, uh, a blue mask <laughs> with, with uh, red straps. Um, you see him on the bike. You see him um, on ice uh, doing drills. Um, with uh, sunglasses on, and they look like sunglasses. Um, they're they're uh, to to help his his uh, cognitive uh, training uh, in in improving his reaction time. Uh, and then there's strobes in in the the lights, the masks, uh, and apparently reports are that uh, in the short time he's been using this equipment and training, he's increased his lung capacity by twenty percent now. That seems hard to believe in in just a few short weeks over the summer, and 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 remember he's recovering from an injury as well. Um, there'll be a fitness tests done uh, during training camp to to confirm that, but um, he's working hard uh, to improve himself in a number of different uh, aspects, and and I think it's a fascinating story. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on your Slavkovsky and uh, see if this helped improve over the off season. Uh, big news for this weekend, uh, over July 14th to 16th, Montreal Comic Con is on, and uh, the Montreal Canadiens will have a booth, uh, so you'll see both UP and Metal cosplaying as retro gaming-themed characters, uh, potentially Mario, uh, Friday until Sunday. Uh, they'll be there greeting fans across the multiverse at the team's booth, uh, number 1411. Uh, you can see them there on Friday between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m., Saturday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m., and then Sunday, 12 to 3. So if you get a chance to go to Montreal Comic-Con, make sure you stop by that booth. That's at the Palais de Congrès. So, uh, yeah, head down there. It sounds like a lot of fun. So make sure you're checking out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, and feature articles throughout this busy offseason at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, some updates on roster news. The Canadians have released their 2023-24 preseason schedule. It's going to start on Monday, September the 25th in Montreal versus New Jersey, and it's going to end on Saturday, October the 7th in Ottawa. Not sure what the delay was. Uh, everybody else has had their uh, preseason schedule out weeks ago. In fact, that's how we learned about 
uh, parts of of the Canadian schedule, but it just uh, dropped on Friday night. Um, six games, uh, four at home, four in the Bell Center, two away. Uh, of interest, um, there's New Jersey to start with, uh, and that's against a split New Jersey squad on the 25th of September. Uh, and then after that, all you'll see is either the Senators or the Maple Leafs. Um, Senators on the 27th in the Bell Center, three games against uh, the Leafs, two of those at the Bell Center, and then an away game to finish the preseason schedule in Ottawa. So I'm looking forward to see if we get a Ryan Reeves versus Arbor Jacki matchup <laughs> in one of those Toronto games. If not, I'm sure it'll happen during the regular season. And remember uh, that Michael Pozzetta... Uh, matched up with didn't do so well against Reeves, but but he uh, he stepped up anyway. <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't do that one again. No, no. <laughs> uh, the Montreal Canadiens have signed forward Mitchell Stevens to a one-year, two-way contract um, in the NHL. He'll be making seven seven five k, and the minors will be making three hundred k. They also signed Nicholas Baudin to a one-year, two-way contract. Uh, he'll be making the same amount in the NHL, but his AHL salary is a little bit lower at ninety k. And uh, the important um, signings for mostly for Lavelle. Uh, Montreal has also signed forward Lucas Condotta to a two-year, two-way contract. So last year in Laval, he scored 16 goals, picked up 15 assists, and he was the only player to suit up for all 72 games. He's a leader. Um, he uh, was a leader in, in the locker room. So again, an important signing uh, for the, the Laval Rocket. The difference here is that he gets uh, two years versus the, the one year uh, given to Stevens and Baudin. Uh, it looks like Yessa Ulanen is the only Canadian's RFA waiting to be signed. Uh, last season, he got a taste of the NHL. He suited up for 37 games, put up 16 points. That was six goals. So he's looking to make a jump uh, in, into the Montreal lineup next season and continue his development. He's quiet. He's um, he, he's a bit reserved and uh Always talks about the team. Always talks about improving. Um, but I like I like the way he looks. He he looks like an NHL player. He skates like an NHL player. He's got a great shot, uh, quick release, and uh, as you said, half the season split the season between the Canadians and and Laval last year. And uh, hopefully he gets a little a little more uh, involved in the Canadians uh, coming up for the upcoming season. And the big signing this past week, the Montreal Canadiens signed forward Alex Newhook to a four-year contract worth $11.6 million. So recently acquired him just ahead of the draft. Uh, they paid a pretty hefty price, uh, including a first and a second round pick from this past draft. Um, $2 million, sorry, $2.9 million, uh, per season roughly. So they're betting on uh, Newhook with a bit of a longer term, but a lower dollars per year. Interesting that... Um, less dollars than, say, a Kirby Dock, and and I know a lot of people put them in the same kind of category because they're uh, they're both kind of reclamation projects. Uh, Newhook uh, certainly, um, Alex Newhook hasn't shown as much uh, as Kirby Dock, so the dollar value less, as I said. Um, but a four year term, and and really, that's uh, uh, he, he Alex Newhook spoke about that and how it uh, gives him security. Um, and, and that, that's gotta be for someone who, who came into the league with a lot of promise, uh, and really hasn't lived up to that promise. That's, that's a real, uh, generous give by Ken Hughes, the four years. Um, but it gives him an opportunity to prove, uh, to the organization, uh, that he can live up to his potential. 
Yeah, last season with Colorado, that was his first full 82-game season in the NHL. He managed to put up 30 points. I think the expectations are quite a bit higher, and uh, we'll hear from Alex Newhook on his opportunity to have a fresh start here in Montreal. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, I, I you know came in my second year, you know, with a bit more experience, and um, having after won a cup, I think, you know, my personal goals were to do a lot more than I did last year. Um, you know, I, I don't think I reached um, the goals or the potential that I, you know, could have last year. But um, like I said, a few injuries, um, not to put any excuses on it, but um, you know, felt like there were times that, you know, I maybe could have got a bit more opportunity and, and definitely could have done better with the opportunity I was given at times, but. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, you know, didn't, uh, didn't have as good of a year as I wanted to, but, um, happy to be with a new start, fresh start and, and, uh, you know, try to tap into that, to that potential. So as you said, 30, uh, 33 points in 71 games in the 2021, 22 season, uh, 30 points again in a full 82 games, uh, last year. So uh, he was expecting to contribute more. He didn't. Um, interesting that he mentioned, uh, two things that he mentioned that I found interesting. One is, um, that kind of, uh, second season after the cup, a bit of a letdown. Imagine, um, uh, being a young player, a first round pick coming into the Colorado avalanche, great organization, first year in the league, you win the cup. Um, and, and, and oh, this is easy, isn't it? Um, let's do it again next year. Uh, and maybe, maybe you know, um, effort was was uh, an issue there, and and uh, and working uh, as hard. Uh, he talks about uh, a lack of opportunity. We're going to get to that, but it's a recurring theme um, throughout uh, this press uh, conference that uh, he thinks he didn't get quite the opportunity that that he would have liked to have had uh, in the Colorado lineup. And one of those things that comes along with getting a fresh start is uh, we have to ask Alex Newhook what his personal goals are going into next season. Personal goal is just just want to come in and and uh, you know be able to play and and uh, you know kind of come in with with a different opportunity and um, try to make the most of it from the start and and kind of carry that on throughout the year and um, try to make this team better, try and get this team to where we want to be um, in the next few years, and um, that's really it for for my goals this year. Um, do more with more opportunity. He mentions opportunity again. Um, to be fair, and to be fair to the Colorado organization, um, and and l- l- having a, a view into uh, what he did last year, and I talked to uh, a couple of the the folks that cover him on a regular basis, and they they did say that he was given a lot of opportunity, especially Colorado is ravaged by. Um, injuries and um, and during those oppor- during those times he was he was moved up the lineup given plenty of opportunity uh, and did not deliver. Um, now you know he wasn't he wasn't placed there for extended periods of time. Coaching staff gave him an opportunity, he didn't take it. He didn't uh, deliver. He was he was his ice time was was reduced. So um will that situation be different in montreal well he's hoping so and uh i guess uh, speaking of all the injuries that colorado had last season there was a couple games at least where they had charles Houdon on their uh, first line so if that gives you an indication as to how many injuries they had and how wide open that lineup was um alex newhook uh, he's expecting to get a bit of a longer leash here in montreal though 
you know, it's, it's definitely nice hearing a coach um, that says he wants you to, you know, play your game, wants you to, you know, not be afraid to make mistakes and, and uh, have that kind of approach. Um, you know, I think it's a little different being on a team that's, you know, at the top of their division all year and, and fighting for um, fighting to win conferences, you know, ever since I've been in Colorado and I think the margin for error is a little smaller, but um, yeah, I think having a bit more of that leash and, and that trust, I think is, is a big thing as well. And, and I think that's something that, um, that Marty has said that, you know, that they're going to try and steal in me as well. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is having that trust kind of both ways. And, um, like you said, I think, uh, it's exciting to be able to come in and, and know that they want you to play your game and, and use, uh, use your assets. So I, th- I think that's fair. I think that he'll be given a longer leash. Um, if he doesn't perform right away, he'll probably be, uh, you know, sent right back out there again and, and um, given, uh, you know, more ice time than, than he would have in Colorado. Colorado um, and uh, the Canadians are obviously in, at, at different ends of the spectrum uh, currently, so um, mistakes and, and, and not only mistakes, but not performing, um, you know, will we'll earn you a seat on the bench quicker uh, with the Avs than with the Canadians. I think all of that's fair. But at some point, at some point, you've got to perform. And uh, so we're going to need to see Alex Newhook take at least half of the, uh, the responsibility and the accountability uh, for his lack of production uh, in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And Colorado is a team that has been a cup contender. Obviously, they won a cup not too long ago. So they're maybe not having as much room for a younger player to grow and develop. But I'm here. I'm sure here in Montreal, he'll have a much bigger role. Yeah, I think that there were times during the year, I think even when even when guys were injured and and our lineup was a little decimated, that I still kind of, um, you know, thought I deserved to get a bit bigger of a role um, during that time. I think that, um, you know, some of the games that maybe I didn't uh, fill that role as, as good as I could, but I think other games that um, I fit in pretty well there and, and did well up the lineup and, you know, felt a lot better playing, you know, 17, 18 minutes a night and, and mm-hmm. felt that I was more involved in the game, felt that I had more of an impact. Um but yeah, it was, it was, you know, sh- there was definitely short spurts of it and, and then kind of being juggled around that way when, you know, you're playing a lot and then playing not a lot, it's, it can be challenging and, um, but definitely something I've learned from and, um, definitely, to, you know, bring it with me. So I think, um, I, we have to be reminded he's still a young player. So, um, the, the avalanche were making decisions for the best of, of the team, uh, for the best of the on ice performance. And he didn't, it appears, he didn't take too well um, to, to getting these opportunities with lots of ice time and then when not performing, being, being shut down. Um, I guess to, to really explore this, we're going to talk about what he brings uh, to the ice. Um, and it's, it's speed. It, it's, a, it's speed. And I think the other part of his game is vision. Um, he sees the ice well. He's he's a good puck distributor, a playmaker, um, and and he uses his, his speed well. Uh, what he doesn't do well is um, uh, two things. He he doesn't have a physical game, and and he's not, um, you know, for someone with all that speed and can get to the uh, opposition zone quickly. 
you don't see him on a lot of retrievals uh, unless he's unchallenged. Um, he 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 doesn't uh, he, he doesn't win a lot of battles um, when the puck's being cycled or when he's forechecking. That's a problem. Um, and he easily gets bumped and, and, and moved off the puck, whether that's in the uh, front of the net, which, which kind of, uh, takes away from him, uh, playing at the center position. Um, and, and he's, he, again, using his speed, he can be good, uh, getting back in the defensive zone. Um, but, uh, the other part, you know, he, uh, first round pick, uh, we said, uh, right, right there with Cole Caulfield, um, what's missing from his game is a lot of skill. He's not a tremendously for a first round pick. He's not a tremendously skilled player. He doesn't, he has a pretty weak shot, um, and, and doesn't have that hand skill that you might expect. It's, it's all about the skating. It's all about the vision, um, for, uh, Alex Newhook and, and in the Colorado lineup, um, it, it that, that wasn't enough, uh, to stay, uh, up, uh, in the lineup um, now, um, Marty St. Louis is is challenged again with another project, um, and I, I guess um, the expectations are high uh, because uh, Marty was able to wave his magic wand and cure, cure Kirby Doc. He was able to wave this magic wand and, and cure Cole Caulfield, um, but it isn't a magic wand. It isn't. There isn't a potion. Um, you know, Marty has connected with, with players and improved players, um, like Caulfield, like Doc, like Harvey Pennard. Um, but he's also on the other side, he hasn't had any success with, uh, Yol Armia or Mike Hoffman. Josh Anderson is exactly the same player, inconsistent as anything. Um, Dvorak, nothing. Rem Pitlick, who, who Marty said he loved, uh, Rem Pitlick, uh, that nothing has changed there. Um, and we remember last year, Marty said, I'm going to revamp, I'm going to reform, I'm going to change Brendan Gallagher's game. Um, and nothing really happened there either. Um, so this isn't, this isn't automatic. Uh, this isn't, um, you know, a guarantee. Um, it's, it's going to take, uh, some, some work and some effort and some responsibility and accountability by Newhook, uh, to add add other things to his tool belt uh, to be able to be an effective player, uh, not only when the Canadians are near the bottom of the standings, uh, but when they get up to, um, you know, in a couple of years, in a few years, um, into that range where, where Colorado is now uh, and, and be a, a perennial uh, cup contender. Um, that's, that's where we want to see Newhook's game. Yeah, and genuinely, I am excited to see what Alex Newhook can do in a new situation. Um, I I think the talent is still kind of there, and uh, from what you said, uh, he's got the vision, he's got the skating. I mean, if you like put him and your eye Slavkovsky together, do you not have like the perfect player? You know, Slavkovsky's got the stick and the shot and the size. Uh, but uh, anyways, I think that Alex Newhook, he's got a good opportunity here. It's uh, a lot of it's going to be dependent on how much work he's willing to put into this situation. No, you're you're absolutely right, and and that's the first thing you think of is is how how can you, wh- wh- where is he fit best? I like this uh, being paired with Slavkovsky. I also like him paired with uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. It, is is he does he have the necessarily the talent of of the fir- of a first line player? I'm not sure, but speed, 
um, speed can certainly help uh, that line. Uh, speed can help uh, make up for their defensive liabilities. Um, I think there's there's a number of combinations here uh, that might be uh, m- might help um, Alex Newhook release um, um, achieve his potential. Absolutely, and uh, I think on that note, it's a good time to get to our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Laval made a couple of signings. They signed forwards Gabriel Bork and Alex Olivier Voyer to one-year, one-way AHL contracts. Uh, Voyer had 23 goals, 20 assists, and 48 games with the main Mariners of the ECHL. Uh, Gabriel Bork is a 32-year-old winger who I'm sure a lot of our listeners are quite familiar with. Uh, The past two seasons, he's been with the Laval Rocket. Uh, Last season, he scored 14 goals, 31 points, and 66 games. And Bork took over the captaincy of the Laval Rocket uh, when Alex Belzeal was recalled to Montreal. Lavelle has released their 2023-24 regular season schedule. It's going to start on October the 13th versus Abbotsford. And it's a 72-game schedule, again, uh, starting a couple of days after Thanksgiving uh, and going right to uh, the the 20th of April, going late this year. Um, You mentioned Abbotsford. Uh, There's two games um, that that kind of open a four-game homestand. Uh, following that, another two games at Place Bell against the Rochester Americans. Um, and the the season's going to end uh, with a home-and-home home series against the Belleville Senators. If you want to see uh, the Laval Rocket, and there's going to be, there should be an awful lot of interest in the Laval Rocket this, uh, this season. We're going to talk more about that in segment two. Uh, they play games at Place Bell on Fridays, Saturdays, usually in the afternoon or Wednesdays. Um, so uh, if you're free on those days, those are the games they play. Those are the days they play. Yeah, honestly, great price. Uh, really, really good experience. I've been a couple times either in the press box or just attending on my own. So definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, if you're in Montreal or you come into Montreal to see a hockey game, make sure you stop by Laval too. Uh, moving over to Ontario, but keeping with the Montreal Canadiens theme, uh, the Toronto Marlies have signed forward Brock Caulfield to a one-year AHL contract. So that's Cole's brother, and it looks like he'll be taking the next step in his hockey career. Yeah, they played together in Wisconsin, um, and uh, this this is interesting. He uh, played for five years, five seasons with the University of Wisconsin Badgers and uh, picked up in that time 33 goals, 41 assists, not as dynamic as uh, brother Cole, and he's the older brother. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see when uh, the Marlies uh, visit um, uh, visit Mont- uh, uh, Lavelle if there's going to be uh, some curiosity by uh, fans to get out and see Brock Caulfield. So you can find all our content about Canadians prospects at THN.com slash Montreal. So for our quote of the week, uh, we're going to go to Stu Cowan. Uh, he's talking about UL Armia. And it's it's an interesting quote. I don't know how much I can do to set this up other than to just, uh, we'll listen to it and then we'll put in our comments. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate this. I'm wondering if the Canadians might just put him in Laval. Like, I like I don't know what they gain at this point moving forward, having Yul Armia taken up. I mean, he is who he is. We've seen him. It must be two more now, Stu. 
Laval. I, I, I was, I, I, what is like, I, I, we, we Yola Armia is who he is. We know who he is. He, he'll play great for two games and he'll disappear. Like, or I think not to start the season, but I mean, if they, let's say Owen Beck goes down to Laval and he's lighting it up and he's playing really great. Do you not want to bring him up and put him in this environment to play with young guys where you can make mistakes and learn and develop? Yola Armia is not part of the future of this rebuild. No, obviously not. Yeah. Obviously not. Army, so, uh, the, ice time, the ice time you're giving him moving forward uh, with, with two more years left on his contract is ice time that you're taking away that's hurting your rebuild is what it's doing because he's not going to, you know, they're not, it's not like they're going to re-sign him when this contract is up. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, Stu Cowan from the Montreal Gazette, a guest on Tony Arrow podcast. Um, you heard Tony's reaction. He was He was astonished. Um, and which which made Stu a bit tongue-tied. He he had a difficult time forming his thoughts and continuing his words. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure there's a segment of our listeners out there saying, yeah, let's send Armia to uh, to Laval. Let's send Mike Hoffman to Laval. Let's send you know go down the list. Um, I, I I I just wonder where uh, where Stu was uh, when. Um, when Jonathan Duran was scoring one goal, goal a calendar year. Um, but he doesn't mention wa- uh, being subject to waivers there and, and the fact that uh, another team might pick them up. And, and again, our, our, our listeners might say, great. Um, I just think that, and there's a couple of things here. Um, there's, there's no one, when he's playing like he can play, uh, the Canadians don't have uh, many players who can play uh, the cycle game on the boards, um, the possession type game that he can play, uh, being physical, the retrievals. Uh, they don't have a player right now in that mold. Um, and so, you know, why isn't this another project for, um, for the miracle worker rather than uh, sending him to Lavelle. But send, sending him to Lavelle isn't that easy. As I said, subject to waivers. The, the next line, uh, again, and uh, with all due respect to uh, our Montreal media uh, colleagues, um, you might want to stay in your lane because um, when, uh, just a side story here. Uh, remember when Cole Caulfield got sent down to Lavelle uh, for a couple of games? Um, that was that was many of the Montreal reporters. Um, they were looking around the building. Oh, this is the first time I've been to Laval. Isn't this a nice building? Place Bell is beautiful. Oh, look at this. They don't pay attention to Laval. They don't go to Laval. We're there. We're there every game. Uh, our staff. Um, and uh, Stu says, "Well, it, it's easy. Um, Owen Beck. He'll be in Laval." He'll be piling up the points and just make a swap. Send down Yol Army and bring up Owen Beck. Except Owen Beck can't play in the AHL this year. <laughs> he's in the NHL or he's in the OHL. Those are his, those are the two options. Um, so this gets yeah, this is a couple of thumbs for for a number of reasons. Uh, but uh, just the the drama of it all and and the reaction by Tony, we thought it was worth um, making our quotes of the week. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the situation you all Armia is in. Is he still a useful player? Sure. Does he fit what the Montreal Canadiens are going through? You know, not really. I think this is a player that if can't use and Jeff Gordon can, they'll probably try to move him at some point. The contract just doesn't work, and I, I just don't know where the fit is at this point. If you send him to Laval, I feel like there's just going to be zero chance of being able to trade him for an asset at Absolutely. any point over the course of his contract. So why not try to make him a reclamation project? Why not, you know, let Marty St. Louis wave his magic wand over him? That's uh, that's what I'll have to say about that, at least. Yeah, and and try to. is is your, Can Yul Armia be effective in the playoffs? Uh, absolutely. And for that short period of time, he might be... Um, he, he might be the kind of player that a team will want to throw some picks at at the trade deadline. So, um, I <laughs> just fascinating. We we hear all kinds of things uh, over the summer, all kinds of opinions, and we thought we'd bring this one to you. So we'll take a look around the league uh, for some hockey news. Uh, former Arizona Coyotes uh, forward at this point, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, had his uh, contract terminated by Arizona on Friday. This is just two weeks after signing that contract as Arizona was made aware of an off-ice incident. Yeah, uh, speaking of Colorado, that's uh, uh, where Alex Galchenyuk was last season. Um, just 11 games in the NHL for the Avalanche. He spent the majority of his season uh, with the Colorado Eagles in the AHL and was actually, um, he, he actually had a good, he was he was a point-of-game player in the AHL. Um, as you said, went to Arizona, off-ice incident. The details are ugly. We're not going to get into it. Um, this could mean the, the end of, of Alex's um um, well, it's, it's been an up and down, uh, um, NHL career. Um, and, um, it's, it's a difficult thing to, to see the, the kind of, uh, meltdown of a, of a player like this, uh, and, and just a very, very sad story. So, uh, coming up, we'll hear our first break, a message from our sponsors, DraftKings. Then it's going to be our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Mm. 
Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. And just a little reminder here at the top of the segment to hit that subscribe button on the Canadians Connection podcast in your favorite player or any podcast app out there. Make sure you're subscribed and you don't want to miss a single episode over this offseason. So as I teased off the top of the show, this is going to be a segment all about development in Laval. Uh, Laval is slated for an influx of young talent this fall uh, like they have not seen before. Uh, With the arrival of top end prospects, the shift will focus uh, for the AHL team and coaching staff will be required. Uh, Future Canadians will be given the opportunity to learn and grow. And patience is going to be key. This is not something that I think we've seen in Laval over the last few seasons. They've been very veteran heavy. They like their Danik Martels. They like their Alex Belzeals. <laughs> they like their Kevin Poulans. And this is going to be a different approach. Uh, will Laval be able to put up with it? And will fans be able to put up with the, all this development and maybe not so much winning? Yeah, so that's why we, we're we calling this uh, a new mandate uh, for the Laval Rocket developing prospects. Of course, um, that's, that's, a, that's one job, uh, I think, uh, should be the priority for AHL franchises. It hasn't been that way uh, for uh, the, the Laval Rocket, as you said. Um, you mentioned the, the kinds of, of uh, the focus, where the focus has been on on um, veterans, and that matches up with J.F. Uhl's, uh preference. Um, you know, last year uh, we had Anthony Richard and, and Gabriel Bork, who's, who's coming back, and Alex Belzeal and Brandon Juniak and Peter Abandonado. Um, and, and yes, an, a good AHL team needs, um, needs players to, uh, veteran players, uh, to kind of mentor the, the, the younger players, uh, the prospects, the future stars of the organization. However, that's not exactly how those players were used. These players, the players I mentioned, they were the stars of the team. They were the uh, players who were marketed. Um, they were, you know, the, the homegrown stars that fans should come out and want to see. Uh, and their ice time reflected that. They were the players who got all the opportunities on special teams and late in the game um, and, and, and the players who the coach re- the, relied on, the coaching staff relied on. Um, and and that's, that's a little bit different, um, a different kind of emphasis. And it, it wasn't even just last year. If you go back the, the previous season, and you mentioned uh, Danik Martell and, and JSD and and. Kevin Waugh up front, um, and but the the 2021-22 season, the one that I think of, uh, that that defense core, the back end, who they really didn't change all all that much um, uh, through the season. Um, it was Xavier Willette who was the captain, uh, got a ton of ice time, and Louis Belpedio, Toby Bisson, uh, Tori Dello, Corey Schooneman. Um, didn't leave much opportunity for any of the young players, uh, Johnny Fairbrother or Matthias uh, Norlander, or, uh, to come in. And the other thing it did, it kind of masked some of the issues. Um, 
we know that that uh, Caden Primo got a lot of praise that season, particularly in the playoffs, and and even um, Jeff Uhl said it was it was the defense core, not so much Primo, but it was the defense core. Um, so that's what's what's been the case for the last um, the last couple of years. Um, how do we know what we're there? We're, we're there every game at Place Bell. Um, and that isn't just, uh, to cover the Laval rocket. This has been going on with rocket sports, uh, since, um, the Hamilton Bulldogs were the affiliate, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadians and the St. John's ice caps out in St. John's were the affiliate we had, uh, and we have, um, photographer, we have uh, a reporter, we had, uh, them in, in Hamilton, in St. John's, and now in Laval, um, cover every single game. And we talk about uh, Chris G. We talk about um, Amy, Amy Johnson. We talk about uh, Patrick Williams. Um, we cover the AHL like nobody else does. Um, and so we know that we know what has been going on and, and that we haven't seen this emphasis on development for quite some time. Um, and we have to go back way back to uh, the years when Sylvain Lefebvre was coaching. Um, and, and I know that, that uh, our Canadians fans and listeners probably critical of Sylvain Lefebvre and, and the number of playoff uh, appearances that his teams made. Well, that wasn't his mandate. Um, and it was Mark Bergevin that, that really controlled his mandate. Mark Bergevin uh, sent down instructions for who to play, where to play them, uh, all of those kinds of things. But if you saw in practice um, the amount of teaching that was going on, Donald Dufresne, the assistant coach, was his nickname is the professor. The amount of teaching that was going on was incredible, and it was all geared towards the prospects. Uh, did those prospects graduate to the, the NHL? Yes, they did. For the Montreal Canadiens, not necessarily, because Mark <laughs> Bergevin was quick, quick to trade them. Um, so we're going to, ha- we're going to be moving in that direction. How about Joel Bouchard? What did he do? And Alex Burroughs, they were not teachers. Um, Joel Bouchard, uh, talked about, uh, development comes from winning and his focus was always on winning at the, and, and at the expense of prospects. Uh, they sat on the bench a lot of the time, uh, during, uh, the Bouchard era, um, so this is going to be a change. This is going to be a change um, that that uh, fans are going to have to appreciate. And this is going to require a shift in the coaching for uh, J.F. Uhl, um and and his group. And, and I think it's going to be a real challenge for them. Absolutely. And I will say, too, that just because you have a lot of younger players on an AHL team, I think a lot of people assume okay, well, then it's not going to be a very good team. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily a guarantee. Uh, Obviously, young players, they need time to develop. They need the space to make mistakes and learn, and they need to be taught. But that doesn't guarantee that they'll be bad. I mean, look at the Laval Rocket last season where they barely squeaked into the qualifying round, and then they just didn't look good in that qualifying round. They were mostly a veteran team. And to be honest, the last two, I guess last season specifically, They've been veteran and not good, so why not make that <laughs> shift to having a lot of prospects and, you know, roll the dice, see what you got there. 
Uh, Montreal AHL affiliates have had a very interesting history. Uh, it wasn't until uh, 2016 that uh, the AHL announced that they'd be moving to uh, Laval, just outside of Montreal. You can take the metro from uh, Place Bell to uh, Bell Centre. Uh, it's a huge advantage, a huge luxury for this team to have. And I think that can really help out with development, being able to have all your prospects so close to monitor. And hey, if they do look good, they're just down the road. It's not too difficult to be able to call them up. No, that's right. And and I think we should we should remind um, our our listeners that there were a number of areas, uh, a number of areas of the organization that when Jeff Gordon came in, he said they were going to have to. Um, address and revamp and and overhaul and and uh, the draft you know obviously the draft is a key part of the rebuild um, uh, building an analytics department was a key part of the rebuild um, making changes to the medical department and we saw those recently uh, but the other part of it is development uh, development has always been an issue for the Canadians they've been pretty good at drafting even through the Trevor Timmons era. Um, he drafted well. They just didn't develop their prospects at that time, and so uh, this is this is an organizational shift. Um, and we we heard uh, Jeff Gorton say we're going to go piece by piece by piece and and revamp this organization. Uh, it's the development uh, plans uh, turn, uh, and we're going to see a lot of changes. I believe uh, this coming year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeff Wool, he's been the coach in Laval the past few seasons. I give him credit. I could listen to J.F. Wool talk hockey all day long. He's a great interview. I know you, Rick, have had the opportunity to talk to him uh, over interviews on the Press Zone podcast. Uh, you've had an opportunity to see him face-to-face and great, great hockey mind. But like you said, he has a very specific focus. He likes his veterans. Uh, the last two seasons, uh, if we want to go back to the 2021-22 season, the Laval Rockets record, 39 wins. Last season, uh, the 2022-23 season, well, 33 wins. And to be honest, not not a great record for either of those teams. I think in 2022, they caught fire in the playoffs. That they had a really good blue line like you discussed. But they kind of rolled back uh, with a lot of the same players the next season, the same group of vets, and uh, just did not look great. So I think that's where a lot of frustration comes from. And the fact that, you know, like I said, you're not winning, you're also not developing prospects. And that's not good. Yeah, I think, uh, well, you, you look at uh, the 2021-22 season, a 590 win percentage, which is pretty good. Um, and not dominant, but pretty good. They were they finished third in the North uh, that year. Uh, last year, 528 um, and fifth in the North and, and just squeezed into the playoffs given those uh, odd rules that they changed to, to bring more and, and had a preliminary play-in round. Um, so would they have made the playoffs last year with, as you said, uh, uh, with, with normal rules with, uh, and, and with a veteran-laden lineup? Not likely, yeah, and uh, there's an audio clip uh, from J.F. Wool that I think uh, it's a good time to bring up. He's talking about having a focus on winning. This is from uh, the Press Zone episode uh, 273. It's about a year old, 
And it's it's a pretty inter- interesting listen to hear J.F. Wool talk about his focus on winning. It doesn't change very much on what uh, what we do. Um, you know, maybe on in practices, uh, you know, a little bit more of a development side of, of it. Uh, that the like Frankie Bouillon might come in, and uh, Adam Nicholas might come in a little bit more often, and, and work with uh, with some of our players. But uh, as far as uh, as us in Laval, you know, we still want to you know develop in a winning environment. For us, it's going to be. Uh, we we feel like we're gonna have a, even though we might be younger, we're still gonna have a very good competitive club, and uh, you know we're gonna put everything forward to for the players to to develop and uh, try to win as many games as we can for our great fans in Laval. This is fascinating. Uh, a year old, as you said, uh, the press zone, a uh, uh, one-on-one interview with JF who prior to the start of last year's. Uh, 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 training camp um, before the start of the Laval season, and and last year there was the arrival of a couple of of uh, a small number of uh, young players, and we asked him, "Is how's this going to change um, your approach?" And you heard him say, mm, "Not much. Uh, it's not going to change <laughs> our approach uh, much at all. If there's any development, it's going to be in practice, and we're not going to be looking after. It's going to be." Frankie Bouillon, it's going to be Adam Nicholas. They're going to be, they'll come in and give special sessions on development. He didn't have uh, development in his mind uh, very much at all. Uh, And you heard him say, we're going to win as many games as possible to excite and please the good fans of Lavelle. Um, That's, that's a coach with, with a not, not a, uh, much development uh, in his focus. It, it was all about winning, and he and he used that phrase again. Um, you know, developing in a in a winning environment. I think that's all about to change, and and we provide that clip from last year to to give you the context of where um, the development in the Canadians organization was, and particularly with the Lavelle. Yeah, uh, that's a great quote too. Uh, I think some of this. Uh, it's not only coming from GF Wool, but I think a lot of this does kind of start at the top as to what the focus is. Obviously, uh, you have the front office putting that AHL team together and providing a lot of those veterans. But then at the same time, I think that does signal to GF Wool that, okay, I've got all my favorite veterans. Let's go in and try to win as many games as possible and not really focus a lot on those younger players. And we saw that throughout last season uh, with the, some younger pl- prospects coming in, like a Jan Meshack, uh, getting scratched, uh, not getting a whole lot of opportunity in minutes. Uh, it's that's just not something I personally want to see from an AHL team. Not this year. You don't want Jan Meshack um, to be scratched. Uh, you want him out there for uh, important face-offs uh, rather than being uh, shuffled to the to the wing. Uh, because you need a, you know, you you feel you need a, a face-off win. You have to put those prospects in uh, those situations and let them make mistakes. And again, this comes from a, a year ago. And 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 uh, I asked um, uh, JF Wool a, a question along those lines, and that says to me that that players are going to be allowed to make mistakes, uh, which which young players often do, and. You know, for a coaching staff, you're competitive. Your coaching staff is very competitive. How do you balance that wanting to be, wanting to win, wanting to be competitive, and yet giving the opportunity for young guys to make mistakes? Yeah, no, it's a tough balance. But you do. You, I mean, they're all going to make mistakes. They're, you know, they're they're it's a it's a young bunch, and uh, 
they can learn from their mistakes and become better players uh, as the year goes on. And you know, that's what our focus is going to be. Maybe earlier on, they, you know, they make those mistakes, but as the year goes on, uh, you know, in order for them to grow as players, uh, you know, they they need to learn from their mistakes. And uh, obviously, we're not going to let the, the the same player make the same mistakes over and over again. You know, that's I think it's uh, it's important to to correct it, but uh, they also have to uh, to be accountable and uh, and grow as a player. You better learn from your mistakes right quick, or you're going to be scratched, or you're going to be on the bench. Um, not we were talking about leashes earlier. That's a short leash, um, and that's what you heard him say. We have a young bunch. Uh, not really last year, but it was younger um, uh, in terms of of what he had dealt with the year before. This year, they're going to be much younger, um, and 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 so th- he's going to have to give them uh, a longer leash, um, and and with the under understanding. Uh, that yes, you have to see growth, and yes, players have to be accountable. Uh, but the coach—it's the coaching staff's responsibility to teach them uh, and and to instruct them to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I don't think either one of us are saying, okay, lo- let's just make sure Laval never wins another no. game so we can develop prospects. No, I, I don't think any of that has to go hand in hand. I think you can still develop players. You can still have an influx of young players coming in, but you can insulate them with some good veteran guys who can step up and, hey, if Jan Mishak's having a tough night and you don't think that you want to send him out for another losing face-off, I think that's all right. But at the same time, when there is a big opportunity and Mishak's done nothing wrong and he's been fine most of the night you know why not send him out there and get that experience uh put put some pressure on him see what he can do and i think that um we also have to mention kent hughes is in on this and he mentioned this at his his year-end media availability that the role of our veterans is going to change uh, he was speaking about the montreal Canadiens specifically but it applies uh, throughout the organization um, he said that the veterans are going to move into a supportive role. We need to focus and feature on the new core, uh, the upcoming players, the players who are going to be uh, part of our future. Uh, they're, they're the ones that need to be showcased and, um, and, and highlighted, and the veterans are going to be supportive. That's got to apply as well. Um, uh, J.F. Wool has to have heard that message, and that's got to apply so that, as I said in the past, the veterans in in Laval they've gotten all they've gotten all the marketing they've gotten all the line light they've gotten all of the minutes. Uh, that's got to change. And I understand that that uh, Laval they sell tickets. They they want to use their homegrown players. In the past, they want to use their homegrown grown players to sell tickets. I get it. But why not change your focus, change your marketing focus? You can sell tickets, but here's an opportunity to see the future stars of the Montreal Canadiens and really promote those and really give uh, the minutes to to the younger players. Um, the other thing I'll mention, uh, the Canadians as an organization are under less pressure uh, to sell tickets um, because they own their own in Laval, because they own their their affiliate, there are a dozen or so AHL teams who are standalone. Um, they need to sell tickets. 
the Canadians need to use this um, opportunity that that um, oh well if 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 we have to give up a couple of tickets, um, we own this team. We can this is this is for the greater good. And and with the caveat, as you've been saying a number of times, reminding it it doesn't have to be mean uh, that it's terrible hockey. It can be very exciting hockey having all these prospects in the lineup and giving them ice time. Yeah, I think fans of Laval and Montreal would be very excited to go and see some high-end prospects. Let's say there's a Laval Rocket game and there's hypothetically a Uri Slavkovsky in the lineup. Yeah, people are definitely going to buy tickets and they're going to want to monitor how he's doing. They're going to want to see how he's playing. So I think that, uh, like you said, if they kind of shift their focus, fans will be really excited about this and you know, you don't necessarily have to have that full team of just the veterans, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, we're going to play another clip. Uh, this one comes from Rob Ramage, and uh, I'll let you set this one up, Rick. Rob Ramage is the director of, of development. He's the, the person who keeps in touch uh, with the prospects, wherever they are, whatever league they're playing in uh, throughout the year. And, and he travels to, to see most of them, keeps tabs on them, gives them tips. Um, interfaces with the coaching staff of their um, of the team that they're playing for. Um, and he was asked about how things might change given that there's such there's going to be such an influx of prospects to Laval. Well, we'll have people there a lot and um, you know, I'll probably get in a little bit more often than I normally do. And it is it's exciting. I think, we're, I think it's going to be seven maybe uh, in Laval. And you know when I first started this, oof. As uh, the old prof would say, Ron Cron, the cupboard was bare. Um, it's getting full again. Prospect cupboard is getting full, and um, a lot of those prospects are, are you know, they're elsewhere, uh, and, and that's his focus, where he'll be. Um, but someone like Frankie Bouillon doesn't travel much. Uh, he can be in Laval more often. Adam Nicholas, Scott Pellerin, uh, the the the. The team development guys can be there helping out um, in practice, uh, helping run drills, helping um, these prospects. Um, he he mentioned that uh, we'll have seven there. Don't he? He didn't quantify that um, whether it's prospects or rookie prospects. Uh, I think uh. I think he was talking about rookie prospects, um, and and that wouldn't necessarily include a Matthias Norlander. Um, or even if Ulanen is is there, or or Harvey Pernard um, is spending some time there, um, but would be players like Philippe Machar and and uh, Riley Kidney, Logan Mayu is expected to be there unless he makes the the Canadians lineup. Joshua Waugh, uh, William Trudeau, um, not a rookie, uh, but he'll he'll be there. Uh, Jan Mishak, we we've talked about, uh, not a rookie. Uh, prospect um, Jared Davidson. We talked about him with uh, his his uh, Memorial Cup run with Seattle. Um, don't forget about Emil Heineman. Uh, and my goodness, let's make a spot in in the lineup in the Canadians lineup for the, him at times. Uh, Jakob Dobas. Uh, there's goaltending prospects as well. Jaden Struble had a had a uh, I thought a, a pretty impressive few games at the end of the Laval Rocket season. Sean Farrell. Could be a, a potent goal scorer for Laval. Um, so there's going to be a lot of players there. And uh, um, it sounds like, from Rob Ramage's uh, perspective, they're going to be throwing a lot more resources and uh, towards uh, Laval and, and uh, help out 
the Laval coaching staff uh, with with uh, uh, helping develop these players. Yeah, and last season uh, we saw on a couple of occasions and Adam Nicholas go down there and help out to a lot of these younger players and practices. I believe he actually ran a few practices in place of J.F. Wool, but I think J.F. Wool is the one who's really going to have to change the way he views things, and he's going to have to be the one that uh, changes the way he thinks about it and focus more on that development. Um, we have a few audio clips uh, coming from J.F. Wool here, and uh, he's going to provide a preview of Laval's season uh, they're going to be young, but they're still going to be competitive. So to JF, uh, will this season be different? It's, it's a little different when you're, uh, you have that many young guys. But, you know, I, I've always believed that, you know, developing in a winning environment is, is very important. We're going to do our best to, to make that happen. And, but the most important thing is, is to be able to see their progress throughout the year. Like at the beginning of the year, and you know, you guys are gonna see it. Everybody's gonna see it. It's gonna be a struggle. Like I said, as the year goes on, you hope they learn from their mistakes, and that's how they become better. They learn the league. They they learn new teammates. They learn the philosophy that we have, and they become better players. So you know, that's part of development, and that's what we intend to do. So um, developing is not only developing prospects, but developing the coaching staff. Uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've coached one way the entire time. Their focus has been on winning. Uh, he mentioned again about uh, a winning uh, environment. Um, they're going to have to be brought along as well. And, and, and yes, uh, separating uh, practices so that, um, so that Adam Nicholas comes in and runs the thing and, and the Laval coaching staff aren't involved. I don't, gee, I don't see how that's helpful. I really don't. Um, because it's the coaching staff that has to change their approach too. So they, they've got to be in on it. And uh, n- never forget when Kent Hughes, um, one of his first few press conferences, talked about we don't we want a very flat organizational structure. We don't want sil- silos operating independently. Up until uh, this season, Laval has been a silo. They've been operating independently. Um, more or less, as far as the coaching staff. There's been some com- limited communication, but we're, we remember uh, when Kent Hughes, that first year, uh, that partial year that, that he came in, um, it was Jeff Wool that said, no, we haven't, we haven't heard from him at all. We figure he's been too busy. We've just done our own thing here. Uh, maybe less so last year, and it's going to have to evolve much, much further uh, this year. Um, his overall quote was, yes, we are going to be young, but very competitive. Um, you mentioned in that audio clip, we heard him say, but we're going to struggle. Uh, so he assumes that, that, uh, that prospects mean struggling, uh, a little bit counter to, to what you're saying there, uh, Michael, let's hope it's not the case, but if it is the case, the solution is, is more teaching, not more veterans. Yeah, uh, I think the part of that clip that stood out to me is developing in a winning environment. I don't think that that's a bad way to look at it. I know a lot of AHL teams like certainly take that approach. Uh, you look over at uh, Ottawa's uh, AHL affiliate, the Belleville Senators, the past few seasons, it just seems like Ottawa's done anything and everything they can to try and get that team a championship. Insulating the young guys hasn't quite worked out through injuries, but if you can take that approach uh, in that winning is a great experience, you want to win, but also you have to develop your guys, that's kind of along the lines of what I think should be happening. Yeah. 
Uh, so another uh, quote from J.F. Wool and uh, talking about opportunities to learn. It's, it's an opportunity for them to gain some leadership, to gain a lot of ice time, and that's what we intend to do. We intend to put those guys in situations uh, that they need to learn, like uh, last minute of play, a big face-off. You know, we're probably going to see a young guy this year taking that face-off. Same thing with, uh, you know, on the uh, power play. You might see some uh, some different uh, people on there that uh, need to produce in order to, you know, that's part of their game. If they want to play in the NHL, they got to produce in the, in the American Hockey League, so we're going to try to put them in that situation. This is uh, this is part of the evolving um, mindset philosophy of of uh, the coaching staff in Laval, and uh, it's interesting that last minute uh, face off question. It was a question that I I asked Joel Bouchard, um, and his answer would was, was um, how could I uh, the if I put a, a young guy out there and he loses the draw, the entire bench would be mad at me. Um, he wasn't interested in development last year. Um, that uh, it, Jeff Wool's answer was, yeah, at the beginning of the year, sure, we can try that. Um, this, it seems that he's he's changing. Let's hope it, it holds. Uh, but he, he said, uh, you're going to, to see, um, you, you may see a young player out there taking a, a draw at the end of the game. They have to be put in those experiences uh, so that they can grow. Um, special teams, whether it's power play or, or learning a, a, a penalty a kill skill, they need extra uh, skills to their tool belt if they're going to earn ice time uh, at the NHL level. And the other thing I liked, he said, uh, they need to gain leadership. And and that goes against, again, the last two years where the leadership has been Xavier Ouellette and, and uh, Alex Belzeal um, and, and uh, Gabrielle Bork. The, the leader learning to be leaders and learning to be future leaders of the Canadians, uh, that's you got to put the pressure on uh, those young players to for them to be able to gain those leadership experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like that point. And I think some of this comes down to getting the right veteran guys to insulate your young players right. with. Uh, we'll see what's happening this season. Uh, it looks like they're changing things around a little bit, uh, bringing in some players that uh, have some experience in the ECHL and the KHL and whatnot. We'll see if those might be the right guys. And uh, we have one more quote coming from Jeff Wool here, and he's uh, talking about not just on ice development. It's not just talk. It's not just on ice. It's off the ice too. Like getting up in the morning, eating the right food, uh, you know, showing up for practice, uh, go on the ice before practice, stay after practice. So it's, it's not just like watching the game. There's a lot of things that surround players. Uh, that's part of development. And, uh, you know, that's why we're there to, you know, put the, the, the players in the right direction. They have to set the path uh, and that that's on ice. Absolutely. But there's also off off ice ha- habits uh, to teach as far as maintaining tr- uh, nutrition, getting sleep, um, getting into a, a proper schedule, uh, getting to the rink early, staying late, um, working, working hard. Uh, it's tough to make the NHL. And, and what he has to do uh, and the coaching staff have to do is teach uh, each of them how to be a pro. 
Yeah, exactly. And putting in those good habits. We know the coaches always love those hard workers. Well, when you're a prospect and you're in the AHL trying to make a name for yourself, I think it's never a bad thing to put in all that extra work off the ice as well. Super, super important. So I uh, really do like that uh, view from GF Wool. And we'll see if uh, we get anyone else from the development staff down there to help with some of the prospects with these things as well. So um, we tried to give you a bit of a, a bit of context here about what has gone on in the past um, and and uh, specific, specifically with respect to this coaching staff but they obviously we we hear changes in the way that uh, JF Wool is speaking about development so they obviously have a new mandate as we're calling it uh, to develop prospects uh, in Laval and uh, uh, that's something that's been necessary that's been needed um, and it's a really crucial part of this rebuild of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think it's it's going to have to be a long play here. Um, if we get to the midpoint of the season and Laval Rocket are in a playoff position, I don't want to be hearing from anyone that uh, the time for development is over. I think <laughs> you you, you got to commit to it. And that, that is something we did hear from GF Wool not too long ago, right? You're absolutely right. He said uh, development time is over. We're pushing for the playoffs. We're... Um, we we have to rely on our veterans. I I hope I hope uh, that um, someone's had a chat with him about that. Absolutely. So uh, I think like I kind of pointed out briefly too, some of this does start from the top, and uh, it does seem like a lot of directives are coming from that front office as to what direction. They want this team to go in. We'll see if they can follow through. And uh, like I said, it's going to have to be a full season thing. It's going to have to be season after season. Uh, if you can get this team in a position where it's a winning culture and they're developing prospects, you're golden. And uh, yeah. a lot of that's going to fall down to JF Wool on what he can do. Absolutely. So uh, before we take our final break here, uh, we have our Canadians Connection question of the week coming up in the third segment. And we ask our listeners, will you support the Laval Rocket, win or lose, as long as they're playing their prospects? We want to hear from you, and uh, you just heard all of our thoughts on everything going on. We provided that basis for you. So uh, write in, let us know what your thoughts are, and I think now is a good time to take our final break here. Uh, We'll hear from our sponsors, so stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag showyourhabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 252 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check out the website canadiansconnection.fm. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. And uh, it was a really fun segment uh, that we just did there, Rick, talking about uh, the development going on in Laval and what we can expect up to next season. And uh, leading up to next season, I think we have a lot of really good content to help prepare all our listeners. Absolutely. And and this year, uh, you may have not heard the news uh, that we've moved to the Hockey News. Uh, the Hockey News, you can find all of our coverage there, all the coverage, one place, THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, you can find our prospect coverage there, our AHL coverage, our NHL coverage, our podcasts. Everything is there. THN.com slash Montreal. So having it all in one place, making it nice and easy for all our readers and listeners and joining the hockey news. Honestly, great brand. Uh, very excited that we're a part of this and uh, looking forward to continuing to provide great coverage of the Montreal Canadiens throughout the off season and next season and years going forward. So uh, on our uh, content, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. You can just search at all Habs and on there you will find our weekly Habs hockey report show. That's hosted by Amy Johnson. Uh, she does a wonderful job putting together videos every single Thursday. This past episode is entitled Why the Alex Newhook Contract is a Win for the Montreal Canadiens. So tune in, uh, find out why he is a win for the Montreal Canadiens, leave a comment. Uh, Amy loves to respond to all the different comments. Like and subscribe if you liked what you saw and make sure you're tuning in every single Thursday for that. Also on our YouTube channel, we're going to start to put this podcast on uh, on that into the feed. Uh, so you can tune in every single Tuesday for the Canadians Connection podcast there on YouTube. And you can see both of our wonderful faces uh, on some <laughs> of those graphics. So make sure you check that out. And once again, uh, make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, this whole segment's all about uh, hearing from our listeners. So we want to make sure that we hear from you. Leaving a comment is a great way to do that. 
Also, make sure you subscribe to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, first and foremost, every single Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. You can find it at thepresszone.fm, and that's where you're going to find all your information on Habs Prospects, AHL, Laval Rocket, hosted by Amy Johnson and our AHL guru, Patrick Williams. Sometimes Rick Stevens gets in there as well. Great prod- podcast, great listen. Uh, make sure you tune into that every single Tuesday and subscribe. Plus, over this busy offseason, the Canadians Connection podcast, the one you're listening to right now, it's going to be going through the whole offseason every single Saturday. We don't take a vacation. Uh, you can tune in to CanadiansConnection.fm to find all of our episodes. Make sure you hit like and subscribe on all uh, of our podcasts so that you never miss a single episode. Yeah, and that's very important. We get, we're getting all kinds of new listeners, and we welcome you all. We're happy to have you all. We're happy to have our loyal listeners who've been with us for years and years and years. We're in season six now of the Canadians Connection. Uh, but it's really important for you to subscribe. And, and listen, we're on every single podcast app. So use use your favorite and subscribe to us. Uh, or you're always welcome to uh, head to the CanadiansConnection.fm and use, use the player there. So now it's a good time to get to our Canadians Connection question of the week as we ask our listeners, will you support the Laval Rocket win or lose as long as they're playing their prospects? So we want to hear from you. Play the prospects. And, and we heard Rob Ramage say they'll be uh, the existing prospects, but there'll be seven brand new prospects likely uh, that will end up in Laval. There's still some question marks, isn't there? Um, will David Reinbacker play in, in Laval? I think he's back to Cloton, but uh, that's an open question uh, for now. Regardless, there's still plenty of, of prospects. There's going to be plenty of intrigue. Um, is the coaching staff, uh, are they going to be able to adapt to this new model to put the focus on prospects? One thing I'll just add to to the cauldron here, the brew that, that is the Laval Rocket, that is that J.F. Uhl and the coaching staff are in their final year of their contract uh, with Laval. So does that mean that they're going to be doing everything they can to uh, please their masters and, and, uh, and, and, and promote the prospects uh, as they've been directed to do? Or... Uh, do they think, uh, hey, we're on our we're uh, on our way out the door. We're going to play veterans and and run up our record as as uh, high as possible in order to impress uh, a new um, a new owner. Um, it, it's going to be fascinating. We we don't know. We've heard um, some some uh, uh, quotes about what is expected to happen, uh, but we'll be there to cover uh, all of it. And uh, but most importantly, we want to hear from you. Um, how do you figure that the Laval Rocket is going to fit into your plans? It's going to support them? Going to support them uh, if you see development? You're going to support them if they win? We really want to hear from you. And uh, we do have a couple uh, texts and emails that uh, we got over the past week. Uh, the most recent ones are in regard to the Habs Draft Extravaganza, Canadians Connection, episode 250. And I should mention as well, we get all sorts of texts, emails, uh, comments on YouTube, all of our social medias. And uh, we like to pick out a couple and uh, read them on air every single week. Uh, the first uh, one that came in uh, comes from Gary in uh, Lennoxville, Quebec. 
what he wrote is, I like your idea of Caden Gooley getting an A. Might not happen this season, but it should soon. So that's a comment on something that Rick said on uh, our last episode in regards to talking about who could be wearing an A in this upcoming season. And uh, Rick, you suggested that uh, Caden Gooley could be a candidate. Well, I think he's shown uh, maturity beyond his years. I think he's going to end up with a letter on on his sweater. Um, and, you know, there was comments about maybe it's too soon for um, Nick Suzuki to have the C. Um, well, the Canadians have shown the philosophy that we want to build around a young core. Why not add Caden um, uh, Gooley to that core um, and, and give him some leadership responsibilities? Along with, we remember, uh, Brandon Gallagher already wears uh, an A, so the, the leadership, the the veterans' uh, leadership is represented. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great idea. Gary from uh, Lennoxville, near Sherbrooke, um, thinks so too. And we appreciate you, uh, Gary, listening to uh, our last episode, Canadians Connection 251, about the Habs Development Camp. And, of course, it was our big, gigantic midsummer mailbag where we answered all your questions. So uh, if, if uh, you'd like to go back and hear that one, you can do so in your in your podcast um, uh, favorite podcast app or at canadiansconnection.fm yeah we also got a text from luke in ottawa ontario uh what luke had to say is at the cottage binge binged your pre-draft podcast amazing guests learned a lot thanks so thank you luke for uh, tuning into that and listening to all of those podcasts we do our best and we work really hard leading up to the draft i know you rick uh, amy johnson uh, chris g patrick williams the whole crew uh, puts a lot of effort into putting in uh, pre-draft content to prepare all of our listeners with great information on all the various prospects available. And uh, thank you, Luke, for binge uh, listening to all of those after the draft, too. It's very interesting to go back and hear some of those uh, interviews that we had. For sure. Draft's over, but those those podcasts are still relevant in that we had draft experts in uh, to to talk about each of, of the the prospects uh, who are at the top of, of the draft and who were were in that uh, uh, area where the Canadians might pick. So if you want to learn about David Reinbacker, you can listen to uh, um, Sam Cosentino talk about that and, and some of our other guests. Or if you want to th- uh, hear about the choices uh, that the Canadians uh, had and hear about the others, things might uh, be put into some sort of sense for you as you go through and listen to those uh, podcasts of the past. So thank you uh, to everybody that reached out to us uh, week after week after you listen to the podcast. And uh, if you want a chance at hearing one of your comments or questions on the air, uh, just make sure you leave your first name and uh, where you're from. That way we know who we're talking to. And I'll just uh, reiterate our Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. And uh, Rick, what's uh, the email that people can reach out to us? The email is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. So if you have something a little bit longer to say, you might want to try out an email. But any way you want to reach out to us, we really appreciate it. So a couple things to look out for this coming week uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, watch for the signing of uh, RFA Yessa Ulanen. He's the last remaining RFA that Montreal has yet to sign. So we're hoping that that gets done pretty soon. And also, the Just for Laughs Festival is underway in Montreal. It's uh, going over this week and next week. So plenty of awesome things happening it's festival season in Montreal, and I mm-hmm. uh, hope you have a nice full wallet to be able to go and attend <laughs> all of them. <laughs> That's right. 
So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcast app. Also, share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, July the 22nd for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.